Welcome to the Lead Volunteers Podcast. I am your host, Josh Denhart. The Lead Volunteers Podcast exists to help you, the ministry leader, get organized, stop the revolving door of volunteers, and prevent ministry burnout. This podcast is a production of the LeadMinistry.com suite of resources, which includes our flagship course, Lead Volunteers, how to recruit, train, and retain volunteers. Let's jump into the podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Lead Volunteers podcast. Super grateful that you guys have joined again. Now, you know, you've heard me say it. I'm going to say it again. A lot of you may not know that we actually have some of these interviews out on YouTube. And so all of a sudden, if you want to go to the YouTube channel, you can be like, man, I want to actually see the faces and the expression of these individuals who Josh is is interviewing. So that's kind of the lead ministry live piece that we have. And so you can you can check those out. But again, grateful for you to be on uh, the Lead Volunteers podcast. Our goal simply is to help you, the ministry leader, to get organized, number two, to stop the revolving door of volunteers and ultimately prevent burnout. Listen, if we're going to stay in the game, we got to have others to do this. And so I'm super, super, super grateful. Today is a longtime friend of mine, and you may or may not know Greg Johnson. Greg, great. Thanks for being here, buddy. Oh, Josh, great to reconnect with you again. You know, I remember those days we were together so often in events before COVID. Yes. And here we are on the other side of COVID, alive and well. That's exactly right. Well, I'm very, very grateful for you. You are, you're a man of God. You are, you're, you're a, a living walking imprint of a creation of God. You literally are a great guy. You've got a lot of energy and you know, you've got a lot of expertise that I'm, that's why I reached out and I, I'm, so, we're wanting to tap into that because you truly are an expert. Now, the, the title of today's podcast is reaching a generation before they need rescued yes. through volunteers. So we want to reach a generation before they need rescued. We can all get behind that. But we have to expand the vision and get others to help pull this plow. So, Greg, tell us just a little bit about yourself before we jump into the podcast about reaching a generation before they need rescued through volunteers. Well, Josh, first of all, all I can do is go back into my past and realize that I was reached before I needed to be rescued. I came yes. to the Lord at six and uh, I was baptized at 14. I uh, I turned my bedroom into a Bible college when I was 14. So I am a living, breathing example of being found early instead of rescued late in my life. And uh, so I, I minister from where I've been. Uh, one of those lines that's so powerful is people have said, why did people sit on the edge of their seat when Jesus talked about heaven? Yeah. Because that's where he came from. Right. So impactful ministry is from where we've been, not what we've read about sort of thing. And okay, so that's good. So it's like actually your true life, your legit experience. Absolutely. And that's where I have authority. We only have authority from where we've come from. We don't have authority where, where we want to be that, that we need to pay the price to, for that through obedience. But but man, you only have authority if you've been there. That's why Jesus said, follow me, which implies I've already been there. So yeah. just follow me. <laughs> this is good stuff. And I, you know, I, I had a pastor one time 
share, he said, if if you're teaching or you're you're leading or you're doing whatever from a from a, a testimony of 25 years ago, that's yeah. that's stale bread, brother. You need fresh bread. What's God doing in your life right now? Right. So that's good Absolutely. stuff. That's yeah. good stuff. Well, tell us a little bit about the ministry historically that you've led. Uh, okay. A lot of people may or may not know. That's how I was introduced to you. That's how we became friends. Uh, long before I started what I'm doing now, when I was just a regular old children's pastor hitting all the big conferences, I would stand at a booth and listen to you and get inspired or to, or to, or sit in a breakout from you. So tell us a little bit about that. Wow. Well, you know, I can say for me, Josh, life took on a whole new dimension at 14, uh, when God called me to influence the youth of nations. And so I knew from age 14 on that I had been called to just be dedicated to that purpose now and and so because of that my life was not my own oh this is so powerful i i was a volunteer of god yes <laughs> and i'm gonna i'm gonna switch that to i became a slave of god but it's a love slave it yes. wasn't a drudgery slave it wasn't that it was a love slave because he bought me with his blood so from 14 on, I was living this life of commitment to the Lord and his ways. And, um, and and so for years, my influence was with teenagers. Yes. And uh, because teenagers were the, that was the whitewater window where they weren't kids anymore, but they weren't adults. They were in that whitewater window. And, uh, and, and then one day I brought together some thought leaders and they said, hey, the future is not teen ministry, it's preteen ministry. It's kids that are even younger than teenagers. Yes. For years I said, you know, that 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 if you know, seven of our numbers end with teen. 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, yes. 18, 19. If we only had three of our numbers ending with teen, that confusion wouldn't last so long. Right. <laughs> but but here we are with seven of them. So add three, it's a decade of regret for many. So I realized, you know what, we got to go younger than younger than that. So we started and I, going. And I believe, Greg, correct me if I'm wrong, but you were one of the first people that I ever saw who really had a hyper focus, a really appropriate, narrow, concentrated focus on preteens. You're one of the first people that, that because really, in a sense, for years, it was, I mean, really, for years, it was children's ministry yep. and youth ministry. And then over time, as you put the reality of, of, of human beings into this centrifuge, we actually yep. started to see there's three breaks. There's oh, children's ministry. Absolutely. There's a youth ministry. But then there's this middle section, kind of like the plasma of our blood, right? It's this interesting middle section, tweens. Absolutely. And do we have a story about Jesus when he was 16? Absolutely not. We have nothing on Jesus at six. Right. But we do have a narrative that is 12 verses long in Luke chapter two, verses 31 to uh, 41 to 52. The story of God at 12. And, and I believe that was your ministry for years was J12. And it still is to this very day. J12.com is my website. I mean, I'm all about what happened to Jesus at 12 
can happen, should happen, must happen to every human on the planet. Now, I have to tell you, all of these years of knowing you and knowing J12, I now put it together that it's J12, Jesus at 12, let's model this. I mean, sorry, but I just figured that out. <laughs> well, I forgive you. <laughs> yes, but this, but I just knew you as the preteen guy from a long time ago. Oh, um, and it's so much more than preteen. It's so much more than a psychological, let's do this to help them in their psychological development. I believe that what Jesus experienced at 12 is so much more powerful than psychology. It, it, he experienced a three-day weekend with his father that set him off in the trajectory of his life. Yes. And, I'm and, and what, what did he say? Why wouldn't I be? Why wouldn't I be in my father's house doing his business? Absolutely. Every kid has two dads. They have the one on earth who gave them birth, and they have the one in heaven who is the reason they're here. Yeah. And, 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 and I'll tell you, if you connect with that one, if you connect with big F father, then then it'll help you with small F father, dad on earth. I mean, yes. there's just wisdom. Well, well, this is good stuff. And what I want to do is make sure that we kind of frame this up for people. So on the podcast, often we have kind of a let's define it, let's develop it, and then let's do it. So our first big bucket is help us yeah. understand like define for us you know, this idea of reaching a generation before they're lost. So go briefly on that. Okay. George Barnes says worldview is determined by nine. Maybe it's 12, but it's sure not 21. That's exactly right. By the right. age of around puberty is when the human uh, spirit and worldview begins to take a shape, just like cement that's almost dry. When you're when you're when you're five and four and three and two, you're wet cement. By the time you're twenty-one, you're dried cement. You're exactly and right. So we are in the almost dried cement season when we talk about 10, 11, 12 year olds. So that's why if we want to have an imprint on their lives, yes. then we need to be able to literally etch into their hearts and lives the ways of God. Because you can't etch into dried cement unless you got some serious power tools. Well, brother, so, you, you, you're exactly right. And here I was, Josh, at 21, and God yeah. had to use heavy power tools and break up all of that cement to redo the whole thing. And I'm certainly grateful that he did. He got a hold of my life. I, you know, saved uh, through and through. He became the Lord of my life. But it those heavy tools, they took a big toll on my life. I mean, I, I, I was bouncing off of the bottom of the barrel and that's fine. Thank you, God. But there could, but it's, 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 it's shaping and etching. I like this idea that you're, that you're reaching into their hearts and you're, you're, you're working with that wet cement and etching things before it firms up. That's That's just beautiful. Well, so here we are, Greg at 12, Josh at 21. Both testimonies are right. powerful. God brings them all into place. You know, I, I it, when I often minister on God's three sons, you know, we have the two sons in the uh, in this in the narrative of the prodigal son and the the son who stayed home, and then we have Jesus the son, and all of them were either mad, sad, or glad. 
And the mad son, the mad son was the biggest problem. He was the guy that never left home. So um, that's the challenge for those that find God early is that they can sometimes end up mad at God later because they feel like they didn't get to sow their wild oats or whatever. Yeah. Well, I can, having sowed those, uh, don't sow them, keep them. (laughs) Well, so, you know, uh, this idea, and I'm thinking about my 12 year old son in this conversation. He's our last one, and I have a significantly beautiful relationship with him. But I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm envisioning in my mind that that you know his his cement is is firming up, and I'm grateful for where it's at right now. So, okay, yeah. you've done a great job of defining this for us. Now, how do volunteers help us? Because we, Greg, there's a huge harvest. The fields are white. This is a ripe opportunity. And so how do we get volunteers to buy into this J-12 idea and join us on this critical journey? Well, you know, in 2006, we launched J-12 Local Church in Anaheim, California at The Rock Church. Today in 2022, that ministry is continuing on full-fledged. There is a place for ministry to this category of of human. Yes. Uh, it's, It's not kid kid ministry and it's not youth ministry it's preteen they've launched it they've called it j12 others have called it route 56 you know 56. that was me that was me did you call that that, that, that that's what i that's what that was mine did you know that no i didn't know yeah, that route 56 <laughs> route 56 it you know it, it really doesn't matter what you call it as long as your volunteers understand the vision behind it you know my good friends over at 456 you know yes. they Sean Sweet. Uh, oh, Sean is such a blessing to the body of Christ and his team. And his passion is also for this age group. Yes, and, and Sean takes, now this is important. Please understand. Listen to this, folks. Sean takes a letting go of the bike approach and I celebrate it. Okay. Yeah. So let, let, let me define his, or if you want to define it, please. No, you go. Go. Okay. I want to hear you so essentially, uh, you know, from maybe age three or four, depending on your kid, you have them on a bike and you're, 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 the parent is steadying them. Yes. And then maybe there's training wheels at some point, but at some point you're going to push and launch them and they're going to actually start pedaling and rolling on their own. Is that right? Absolutely. And that's what he does. And it's powerful, but here's the truth. The truth is, is that when they start pedaling, they're going to outrun you. Now, let me explain that from the perspective of the story of Jesus at 12. The Bible says that when the days were ended, when Mother Mary and Joseph took Judah, Jesus to Jerusalem, when the days were ended, the boy Jesus lingered there. The only reason young people linger is because they do not want to leave. And volunteer, wouldn't you love a ministry that was so dynamic in the Lord that your kids said, do we have to go home now? Love that. Because, and that, that's what Jesus experienced at 12. And so when you let go of the bike, understand this, your kids are going to want more than you even want because mother Mary and Joseph left Jerusalem. Yeah. And they left them behind without knowing it. And when they left them behind, they realized they had lost the son of God in the big city called Jerusalem. (laughs) Didn't find him for three days, three days. And like you said, Josh, when they found him, 
he said to them words that you better not say unless you're God or you're particularly anointed at the moment. He said, why do you seek me? Why do you seek me? Didn't you know that I must be about my father's I must, I must. That's good. And so for a volunteer to number one, have the vision that you're going to lay for them to, to, to fill out the facts that you've already laid out. This is when the, the wet cement analogy, the bike analogy, we don't want to have to use heavy tools. Hey, would you, do you want to save a kid before they need saving? Do you want to rescue them before we need to use the hard tools? They're like, that sounds like a great idea. Well, you're giving them a vision and that has to come from, it typically comes from us because we're the ones who know the Barner research. We're the ones who can lay out this vision succinctly about a, uh, a, a, a cement firming up. Yes, we are, we are the ones. And the beautiful thing about this volunteer is that you do not have to have lived this experience in your own life to be a powerful influence on this generation. Matter of fact, you might be motivated because you didn't live those years unto the Lord, that maybe you're the prodigal who returned home. Well, even that is used by God. I celebrate every testimony yes, because every one of them are a trophy of the mercy of God. I love it. So I love that trophy piece. And I am on, I am on display to the heavenly realms that look at God says, look at what I did. Absolutely. Hey, hey, podcast listener, I want to take a 60-second break from the podcast today to tell you about something that I that I just didn't see coming. Now, I created the Lead Volunteers course. It was the first one we created, and individual leaders found great success. So much so that other staff members at their churches were, were taking notice, and they wanted the same results. Long story short, I created the Lead Volunteers Church Installation to help fragmented staff teams build a unified approach to volunteers. Now, I am seeing churches gain health as everyone has access to the most comprehensive method to recruit, train, and retain volunteers. If you want your whole church staff to be on the same page when it comes to volunteer leadership, learn more about this volunteer church installation at Lead ministry.com forward slash consulting. Again, that's leadministry.com forward slash consulting. And now let's jump back into the podcast. Now, let me say this too, Josh. It, it, one of the things I wrote down regarding the, dine, the, the, the atmosphere of um, volunteerism. I once heard a minister say, if the demand on your faith exceeds the dynamic of your faith you have a sick faith okay and i'll unpack that for us unpack that a little bit if the demand on your faith exceeds the dynamic of your faith you have a sick faith now we could take it in the recruitment style of christ jesus recruited people with a two word sentence he said follow and then he said, me, which one's the dynamic word? Which one's the demanding word? The demanding word is follow. But the dynamic word is me. Mm -hmm. So Jesus was saying, follow, do these things, fall into line, 
be at the church on time, be there early, stay late, get the chairs, someone order the styrofoam cup, someone someone uh, get the lights set up, someone prepare this, someone. That's the follow part. Mm-hmm. The follow part will never exceed the me part, which mm-hmm. is you get to be with me as God. Yes. If you'll follow, you'll end up with me. I love that. And, and how sweet that is for those who have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. And, you know, for me, Greg, when I tasted of the Lord, it was, it, 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 it changed everything. But then there was like a second, a second tasting, which was when I discovered that I could experience God in a way that I'd never, I could never experience him by just reading the Bible and praying and communing with him. It was through serving. Once I discovered that I could experience, truly experience God through serving and have these moments with the Holy Spirit that were inquantifiable and they were also not, it was impossible for me to achieve those unless I was serving. That's humongous. And that's what I want for volunteers. I want them to to go, oh my word, I want God so much that I want to actually be in the game so that I can be that much closer to him. Because there's a closeness closeness that you can have with God only that comes through volunteering or serving or, 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 or ministering to other people. You can't experience God the same way that you can when you're, working with and following the me. Oh, so beautiful. And here's the me. The me isn't just the face. The me is the body. Of and Christ. There we go. There we go. So you'll never, you'll, <laughs> oh, like I say, if, if you're easily offended, it's because you spend too much time with the body and not enough time with the head. <laughs> How about that? Yeah. <laughs> but if all you do is spend time with the head, then then you're not obeying the full counsel of God, which is to minister with the body. And, and I the think body. you're missing out because there was a number of years that I thought the total, like maybe a year and a half or two, where I thought that the totality of the Christian existence was to read the scriptures, memorize the scriptures, pray to God, have this, you know, 21st century, maybe it was 20th century at that time, monastic type life in communing yeah. with God. And then all of a sudden, I got turned on to the idea that serving with the body and using gifts was a new way to experience God. And so it's, it's, it's communing with the head, but it's also mingling and being a part of the body. It's both. And isn't it? It's both. And, and Jesus of course is our perfect example. You would think if you were God, you wouldn't need help. Um, but he chose 12 men that they yeah. might be and here's it with him. Uh, that's that's what it says, that they might be with him. So Jesus said, I am going to carry around with me 12 intimate relationships, uh, varying levels of intimate relationship there, Peter, James, and John, and then, you know, all that. But he rep- he, he, I, he modeled volunteerism in, in that sense, that he, he chose 12 men to follow him, follow me. And, and he didn't choose... 144. No. Now, 144 may have been on the periphery, which I call maybe the core. There's there's people who were following, but there yeah. were some a select few. Yep. 
and we ought to have the same. And then there's the Peter Jameses and Johns who yes. are who are simply closer. You know, I, I've often thought about it like Legos. You can't have I'm not a a an 18 Lego block brother. I am a I'm I, I, have, I have like six little circles on my Lego block. Right. I only have so much room for true, deep, intimate relationships. And I need my Peter, James and John. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and so how, how did you go about enlist, not enlisting in terms of recruiting, that's vision. I get all of that. But in yeah. terms of the, cause you're, you're a, you're a deep guy who walks with the Lord and walks in the spirit. How did you, how did you operate with those closest to you, your Peter, James and John inside of this J 12 kind of preteen movement? What, how did that look for you? Well, you know, I had, uh, people that were, um, you know, you have, and again, I've been doing the, the, the preteen thing now for, gee, it's been 15 years or even longer. It seemed well, 2001 is when we, when we got it started. So what, that's 22 years here in just a couple of days. Um, you know, I have my core guys that, that, that speak into my life and, uh, part of them are on a board possibly of my ministry. Others are pastors that I have relationship with, um, and I'll tell you, it, it's it's not easy being totally transparent. It's a daily reminder. Of, hey, just tell the truth. Deal with the truth in your life. And, and so, so would you say that you had people that you were doing that to who were your volunteers, like your absolute inside core, like who yeah. were serving with you in, 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 in that you were, in a sense, like Paul said, I mean, he said it pretty straight. He said, follow me as I follow Christ. And so as I'm following that me, there's others who are following me who's following him. (laughs) And so how did you go about that? Because people were following you as you followed him. And and, and that's a high calling. Yeah. But talk about that in terms of, you know, because this is this is enlisting people into the ministry and volunteering. Right. It, it, It so is. It's so true. And again, I go back to that phrase, and they, and he chose 12 men that they might work for him. No, that they might uh, uh, follow his vision. No, it says that they might be, it's just so powerful, with him. In other words, they saw what God did at 3 a.m., not just at 3 p.m. They saw what he was like in a long red light. They saw what he wow. was like. They, they And they still died for a man they spent quote 24 seven with over a two and a half year period, whatever. Yes. I mean, that, 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 and here's one of the beautiful things, Josh, and I, I don't, you know, we all have our clay feet. Uh, but one of the men that worked for me for a number of years and developed the J 12 encounter, Ryan Watkins is his name, precious soul. He says, I have more respect and oh boy, this sounds so self-serving, but here we go. I'll say it anyways. He said, I have more respect for you after having worked for you for a number of years than I did when I started. And let me tell you, leader, that's what you're called to. You are called to be willing to die for after they've been with you. Yes. Yes. Jesus, 12 men, he spent three years with them and they still died for him. Yeah. In other words, in other words, be the type of leader that that people are like, that they, they they are not repelled by you. They're attracted to you. Even, I mean, there have been times where I have been, where I drew, drew closer to a leader and I thought, I don't, I'm not, 
like I'm learning things that I don't want to be a part of. Yeah. yeah. I, and, and so this guy was saying, I, the closer I get to you, sure, you've got flaws. Sure, you've got clay feet, but I love you all the more because there's authenticity. And that's what I think that we need to do with the people closest to us. We truly do and to need to live this life that is they're observing us at a red light. That's the essence. We're doing life with these core volunteers. They're actually, we are laboring together. We are sweating together. We're taking off our armor together. And we're, you know, we're like, oh, wow. Let me put a little bit of salve on that wound. You see, we're doing this thing together. I like the idea of they see me at a red light. That sounds so simple, but it's pretty profound. Is it ever? Let, let me give you a quick example. Last week, I was in Palm Springs. I was with my sister and my brother-in-law. And we were in the Lowe's Home Depot, the whole Home Depot. He yep. was buying something. Okay. So he had a few items in his hand. And then there was a man in front of him who had a bunch of plywood and a bunch of stuff. And I was watching, observing. And I thought, you know what? If that man, this can be good. That man is self-aware. He's going to look at my brother-in-law and realize he's got one thing in his hand or two and say, hey, you go in front of me. You go in yes. front of me. You don't need to wait. Well, you know what? That precious gentleman was self-aware. He looked around and he nodded to my brother-in-law. Hey, you go ahead. And my brother-in-law said, no, no, you're fine. You just, you just we're good. And I'm observing this from across the uh, aisle. And I thought you have just had more influence on my consideration of you as a man of character yeah. than you can ever imagine because you don't know I was watching and I saw a moment of truth yeah. where what you did is a, a in fact, in, implies the rest of your life. That's so it, good. It's, oh. it's, it's, it's what you don't say that speaks the loudest. You know, they say a coffee stain on a, on a tr flip down tray on an airplane. Okay. When you see a coffee stain, uh, it's called the moment of truth. When you say, you know what, if they didn't clean the coffee stain, I'm wondering if they changed the oil in the jet engine. Okay. You project, Ow. you project onto the whole thing. So leader, understand this. That there are going to come times when the simple thing you did will determine their view of you from a general perspective. And, and there's repentance, there's grace and all that. But and, and especially if you're if you'll admit you were wrong and say, I'm sorry, then, then you're then you got equity again. You're putting a deposit in the account. So but that's the key. The key is and that's what G, the people that saw with Jesus, they saw he gave us nothing to kill him for. He gave us everything to die for him for. So good. And, and so leader out there, uh, it, it is in the totality of your walking that, that people, are, people are learning the real you. And do you really care about these kids? Do you really care about these volunteers? I think this is so good. You know, we're going to wrap it up here pretty quick. Where would you say, just a couple of quick words as we close out, if somebody is, is looking to encourage participation from others to help rescue this generation before they need rescued, saving a generation before they need rescued, what would you say? 
Well, if, if you're in a local church context, I would say redefine the categories. Say yeah. it straight out right now. We do not need a children's ministry because we have one. We don't need a youth ministry because you know what? We kind of have one, hopefully. Um, but we need this new thing called preteen ministry, tweeners. And, yes. uh, you know, there's a battle about what do we call them, tweeners or preteen. And, and, of course, tweener is more of a social it's a social construct, the word, but, but uh, it would be about def making it so apparent that these kids require different. their own. They're yes. different and they require their own. Uh, okay. Let me put it this way. When Jesus went to Jerusalem, the Bible says that he, uh, well, well, they found this. And when they returned, they found him in the temple, both listening to them and asking them questions. Okay. So Jesus was in the right place. He was in the right place. They found him in the temple, not yes. Home Depot. They yeah, found yeah. him in the temple, not, you know, Quick Stop. Or what. They found him in the temple. So here's my word to every leader. Create a temple for this generation in your ministry, on your geographical footprint, wherever you do. You, they need a temple. They need, they, a, need a they need a space. They need a place. Space in a place. That's right. Number two, and it rhymes. He was talking to the priests. He was not only in the right place, he was in front of the right face. Yes. And face is yours. That's right. Your face is God's greatest weapon. God's greatest weapon is dirt. We are earthen vessels. We have this treasure in our earthen vessels. When God wants to change the world, he looks for earthen vessels. And earthen vessels are what change things. So Jesus was in the right place. He was in front of the right face and he was listening. Okay, this is good. He was listening to them and asking them questions. He was running the right race. Mm -hmm. Let me say something, leader. Preteens want to know about life and they want to know about how to establish a forward moving life that will bring fruit in the end. They are concerned about destiny. They're concerned about purpose. Please don't think they're only concerned about the latest Instagram post. They are concerned about their future. Yes. And like I said last night to a group of kids as we ministered at the church that we attend, the Shekinah Fellowship, I told the young people, I'm so pumped because y'all got more future than past. That's right. In, in addition, they were, uh, uh, this J-12 thing, they were, it, were affording kids to listen to the face but also ask questions. Which is the race. Which is the race. The race of life. Yeah. So it's an engaged leader. Uh, and, yeah. and by the way, the, the face, our job as we close is to make as many faces that as yeah. we can. Because yeah. it can't just be my face that they see. I no. can't be. I, I need to have them see a multitude of faces that believe this, that believe in them, and are are wanting to, uh, to to answer their questions and launch them in a direction. Absolutely. I'll end with this, Josh. There's two words for time, chronos and kairos, as we know in the Greek. And uh, there's been this whole push towards parents have kids 168 hours a day. We only have them for one hour a day as the church. And we go, oh, we've lost the war. I disagree. Right. I believe that your one hour is a Kairos moment that'll affect the next 168 hours of Kronos time. How about that? I believe with all my heart that if you're committed to these kids, 
and you love them and you have the spirit of I must be about my father's business, your one hour a week with them will literally have more weight because of the Kairos element of yes. it than the Kronos of being at I like all. this idea of weighted value. It's a weighted value, right? So my one hour can be more weighty. Absolutely. Well, this Absolutely. is good. Greg, you are such a good guy. I, I actually, I got to tell you, man, I miss you. I miss, I, like, it's been a long time since we've connected. And I, have, I, I really do. I want to say, God as my witness, I have a lot of respect for you. I really do. You're a good man. Thank you, Josh. And I have viewed you from a distance, seeing the things that you've done, because of course we've met at conferences and uh, you can tell the man, you can tell the manner of a man. Like we know man, no man by the flesh. You can sense in your spirit where yep. someone's at and uh, you're a man without guile. And I, God like, bless you. From what I know, from what I sense and, and that's, that's the voice in your voice, the sound in your sound. And, uh, so I'm, I'm, uh, I'm jealous. I wish I was like you sometimes. <laughs> well, God bless you. Well, here's what, here's what I want to say. I have yeah. been, uh, it's been impressive to see the flame that God has lit. It has not diminished a bit since the first day I met you. I, and I really respect that. Uh, thank you. So, thank you. Well, Greg, thank it, you so much. And it's because when he called me, he said, I called you to influence the youth of nations. And then he put a period there. He didn't put a question mark and or a comma. Most men have a comma there because they're supposed to move with the age that they're at. But then there's a few of us that God says, you know what? I'm not going to let you go with the age you're at. Yeah. You. And I and I know it's true because last night I ministered to kids that were nine and ten and uh, they were mesmerized by the Jesus in me. And so I know that if that were to lift, then I would move on. Oh, but brother. Never lifted. Oh, well, I'm glad that it, I'm glad that it hasn't. I'm glad you're still being an influence and you're literally last night. You said you were on the ground with nine and 10 year olds. Well done. Well done. Yeah. Well done. It was awesome. There's nothing more exciting to me. So that's just the call I got on my life. And, and I know you're probably going to ask it, but folks were trying to do more online in 2023 going digital. So, you know, the j12.com, you can go from there and see what we're going to do because I need to take this and do more of what Josh invited me to do by being on the screen and not just in the room. Yes. Well, Greg, I respect you. I'm grateful. Uh, J12.com or is it org? Yes, .com. I yes, J12.com. Very simple, J12.com. Greg, God bless you. Thank you so much. And everybody out there in podcast land, so grateful that you got a chance to interact with Greg he is worth it. Very grateful. And we will catch you guys on the next one. Well, that wraps up today's podcast. Before we close, would you do us a favor? We need your help to get the word out about the Lead Volunteers podcast. Three simple steps. First, subscribe. Second, leave a comment. And third, share the link to this episode on social media. Thanks again and keep leading your volunteers.